0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياه ليبلوكم ايكم احسن عملا وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ الدُّنْيَا مَزْرَعَةُ الْآخِرَةِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ
1: وَسَلَّمُ
2: <coughs> <coughs> Most respected Allah, the heart that Allah ta'ala has blessed us with, This heart, in Arabic is called قلب and Qalb actually infers something that keeps changing. Something in which there is Inqilab. In moments it can flip from one side to the other. The heart very easily can take effect on something. It can take effect from something positive. It can take effect on something negative. There is a moment of happiness, person is in the heights of joy, suddenly something happens, suddenly he gets a message on his phone and that joy that he was experiencing, that peak of happiness he was in, in one moment the whole thing is turned around and he's in the pits of grief. He's extremely grieved and somebody comes and whispers something in his ears and next thing suddenly his whole face lights up. A heart is such a sensitive thing that in moments it can move from one end to the other it's the effect that it takes and therefore it is extremely important to keep this heart in such an environment all the time that it keeps taking the positive effect and out of necessity if this person has to go into an environment where the heart is now going to be confronted with some negative things then it is extremely important to insulate this heart so that it doesn't take the negative effect. In moments the heart gets affected. It gets affected via the various pathways to the heart. It gets affected via the pathway of the eye. What a person sees it imprints on his heart. Many a times a person has seen some traumatic incident, person was maybe very young at that time, child, person has seen some traumatic incident, the issue remains with him for life. It's imprinted on his heart, he saw something happening which was traumatic. He saw it sometimes for, sometimes, barely few seconds. But he just Thing happening, he saw the impact, he saw whatever it was. And that has left such an imprint on his heart that now years have gone by, his childhood has gone, his teenage years have gone, his middle ages have gone, he's probably in his old age. But that is still imprinted in his heart. I recall I might have been around maybe six, seven years old when somebody in the neighborhood got bitten by a dog and I happened to be just around whatever and I saw that wound that had taken a whole chunk out of his thigh so up to this day if I see a dog I'm on the other end of the road (coughs) because that's still imprinted in the mind that's still imprinted on the heart and whereas I didn't actually see the incident I didn't actually see the attack but I saw the effects of it So now this is the heart. This is how sensitive the heart is, and this is why in Arabic poetry, in Urdu poetry, when they talk about the heart, the heart is it's described as a mirror. In poetic language, the heart, the word mirror is used for the heart. Like in one couplet, the poet says, "Bacha bacha ke narak ke aaina hai wo aaina." So, you don't try to save this mirror of the heart from shattering. Shattering for what? For the pleasure of Allah. In other words, when a person is tempted towards sin, he is tempted towards haram, he is tempted to look at some haram, he is tempted to listen to haram, he is being tempted to go to some haram place. Whatever some haram is tugging at him. And now at that time, there's such a pull from within that it feels like if he is going to pull in the opposite direction, his heart is going to be torn. His heart is going to be shattered. So now the poet is describing the scene. And he's saying, bacha, bacha Don't try to save this heart. Why? Because yeah, aina hai wo aina. now he's talking about this heart. He sees this, this mirror. This mirror of the heart is that mirror. That when it breaks, it becomes more beloved in the sight of the Maker. When it breaks for His pleasure. When it breaks for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, in order to save oneself from haram. Now, at that time, it seems like a person's heart is going to break in a thousand pieces. But he says, It doesn't matter, my heart breaks, but I won't break Allah Ta'ala's command. My heart breaks, let it break. Now, normally, when something breaks, then a person wants to throw it away. When it breaks, it loses its value. But when this heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, it gains value. When this heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, it becomes very beloved to Him. So this heart is such a sensitive thing, that it's called a mirror also, because a mirror is very sensitive. One little slight knock, it'll crack. Little bit harder knock, it'll break. And at the same time, the mirror, it reflects immediately. Anything comes in front of that mirror, no matter what it is. A beautiful rose comes, it'll reflect the rose. And the dirty filth comes, it'll reflect the filth. It takes the image immediately, without any delay. It immediately takes in that image, and it reflects it. So likewise, this heart, if it is going to be in an environment of something good, then it takes the effect of that. Alhamdulillah, we have all gathered here. We have gathered for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, in order to remember Allah Ta'ala, So everybody has come with their own noor of Iman. and Everybody's noor of Iman is now collectively in one place. So everybody's heart benefits from this collective noor of Iman. Because this is a gathering of Iman. We have gathered for the sake of Allah Ta'ala to speak about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. To try and refresh and rejuvenate our Iman. So this is that effect of the gathering of Iman, that this, like a person, one person has got one candle, somebody else has got a torch, somebody has got a floodlight, somebody else has got another floodlight, but now when all these lights are in the same place at the same time, everything becomes collected, collectively brighter and everyone benefits from the light that each one has got, everyone benefits from everyone's light. But the collective brightness obviously is far greater than everyone's individual light. This is the effect of the gatherings of Iman. That is why it's so important to be regularly part of some gathering of Iman. Because this helps to rejuvenate the Iman. Being merely in that gathering of Iman reflects on the heart. So, if this heart is going to be kept in a positive environment, it will take the positive effect. And the heart goes in a negative environment, a negative environment can be a haram place, can be a place where there is some fitna taking place, can be in the company of some haram, some haram on one device, somebody's phone on the internet, somebody is reading something that is wrong all these things are that company now it's that environment that the heart is being exposed to. And that impacts on the heart. And if it's in a positive place, the positive will impact. So therefore, this is something to be very very conscious about. That this heart must keep filling in with the Noor this light. On the day of Qiyamat, the Munafiqeen the hypocrites they were the people who in dunya, they pretended to be people of iman. But whereas they were devoid of it, in the heart was kufr. But they pretended for worldly benefit, they pretended to be believers. In the time of Nabi sallallahu sallam, there were many munafiqeen. Nabi Wasallam had actually given the list of the munafiqeen. وَسَلْتْ Huzifa رَضِيَ اللَّهُ And he told him this is a secret, it's a Nobody else should know about it. But Allah Ta'ala had opened it out to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi that these are the people who pretend to have Iman but they don't have it. Now on the day of Qiyamah in dunya it appeared that they were believers so they also got a lot of benefits that the believers got. They were treated in the same manner. On the day of Qiyamah it will be a different picture. The believers will now be moving in the light of their Iman. At the Munafiqeen will get left in darkness. So they will now call out to the believers. Allah Ta'ala speaks about it in the Quran Sharif. When the hypocrites will call unto the believers, Where are you going away? Wait for us. We can also benefit from your light. Because we are at the moment in darkness. But we can see the light with you. Let us benefit from your light. So, what will be the reply? قِيلَ akum faltamisu If you want this light, here you can't get it. Go back to the dunya. That is the place where you should have acquired the light. قِيلَ اَرْجِعُوا akum. And go and acquire your light from there. But now who can make it back to the dunya? The dunya is gone. The day of Qiyamah, the dunya is already gone. Which means now there is no chance but the lesson in this is that this is the place to now gain that noor, to light up the heart and to the extent that a person has lit up his heart with the noor of iman, then even dunya also becomes a place of peace for him the challenges of dunya are challenges nobody is free of it everybody has got some challenge or the other somebody in one form, somebody in another form but despite the challenges of dunya the person will still be content to Allah Ta'ala he'll still be peaceful within his heart though he might be experiencing pain this is something which is an everyday thing how many people are ready to undertake any amount of pain for the monetary gain person is ready to work from 8 to late from 7 to 11 or whatever it is and no matter what it takes, he's ready for it ready to go far away sometimes to some other distant place leave his family behind, whatever the case is, why? because there's a better job there and there'll be more monetary gain and so many other sacrifices people make for dunya, that's the pain in it but the person is ready to undertake it for what he sees the gain in it. So likewise, when a person sees that whatever challenge is there, he's making dua, Allah Ta'ala relieve him of it, Allah Ta'ala remove the difficulty, Allah Ta'ala grant him afiyat. At the same time he sees the reward of the sabr coming. He sees the closeness of Allah Ta'ala that he's getting. In getting closer to Allah Ta'ala in his obedience despite the challenges. So then that makes him peaceful, that makes him content. And this whole dunya is a test. This is what is described in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we recited. Allah Ta'ala says, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ وَهُوَ kulli shayin شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala has created life and death to test you. All the various aspects of life are all tests. A person has to earn his living, he's in a test. How is he going to earn it? Halal or haram? Very very tempting Everything seems like it's now done But it's not permissible for him Is he going to touch it? And If he doesn't touch it It won't happen that Automatically in that same moment Things will just show itself What was the benefit of it? Otherwise the test of dunya is no more test Sometimes it will become apparent in dunya In a dramatic way Allah Ta'ala opens it out sometimes. There was one person Tazi Abu Bakr bin Muhammad around the 5th century he was gone for Hajj and now he's walking in Makkah Mukarramah and he sees something lying on the floor, something shining so he looks, what's this? finds it's a very very valuable pearl necklace somebody had dropped it by mistake or however it fell. So he realized somebody has lost this, it's a very valuable thing, it's left lying here, it will disappear, so he took it, went and kept it away in his room, later when he comes out, somebody is announcing, I have lost a bag, anybody returns that to me, there's 500 gold coins as the reward, 500 dinars, 500 gold coins, can you imagine in our time, 500 Krugerrands so any case he takes this person, he asks him all the details, what kind bag description, whatever else so this person describes it exactly as it was and he goes, he brings it out he shows it to him, this is what you are talking about he says yes this is it, exactly everything what you had lost in there is all in he says yes everything is there, he says well there's it you can take it so now he takes out the 500 dinars to give him he says, "No, I didn't do it for this. This was something which was my responsibility. It was your property. It belonged to you. I found it. I have to return it to you. So this is no favour I'm doing to you. This is yours." He says, "No, but I am giving you this reward." He says, "No, I did this for Allah Taala. I didn't do it for any worldly gain. I did this for Allah Taala. So Allah Taala is aware what has happened. This is my matter with Allah Taala." any case this person now he took that bag and carried on because the person now is refusing to take the reward so he carried on time passed this person finally finished off with his hajj etc once he was travelling and travelling by ship and in a storm that ship sunk whatever happened there was a shipwreck and he ended up floating, because everybody, many people drowned he ended up floating on a piece of some wood and carried on drifting after some time he ended up on an island and it was an inhabited island the distance he saw some masjid or something he found himself went off to the masjid time later people came, they see this person is here, what's happened? they got to know, ok, this is how he ended up here so now he just stayed there in that masjid they started taking care of him then they realized this person mashallah is a Qari he can recite the Quran Sharif very well so now he was stranded on that island so he had to be there so they brought their children mashallah they heard him reciting Quran Sharif while he was sitting in the masjid they reciting Quran Sharif they recited, heard and they realized mashallah he's somebody that can recite very well you must teach our children now so now they started bringing the children they started teaching them sometime passed they decided that he will someday just now one boat will be going past or something, he's going to move on. Now we are getting so much of benefit from him somehow keep him here. So the best thing is now how to keep him here? To get him married here. So they came to him and they said that look we have this, we want to get you married to somebody so he said, look, I want to move on. He said, no, but you must get, now you don't know when that will happen. There is a person who has passed away and his daughter, they gave him the description, mashallah, very pious person, etc, etc, whatever details, you must get married to her. So finally he accepted. So he accepted, now the nikah took place. The nikah took place and now they brought his wife to him. So a few family people brought his wife to him so now he's meeting her for the first time because it was not like often happens in our time that by the time the nikah takes place they already know each other more than anything else It's all haram any kind of contact which is before the nikah is innocent, it's haram it is not permissible in any way, any kind of contact whether it is any physical contact, whether it is any verbal contact, because they are strangers to one another. So in any case, this nikah took place now, when his wife came, now for the first time he's is meeting her, and now suddenly his gaze is transfixed on some jewelry she is wearing. Those around are amazed, what is wrong with this person, is something, a problem with him, that we thought he was a very good person, a pious person, but they were a bit upset and somebody told him what is your problem that are you more interested in the wealth that she has or are you interested in the person that is, you got married to what is the problem with you you are looking at what she's wearing in terms of the necklace she's wearing so he says look I am not transfixed at necklace because of that this is some worldly material thing there is something amazing about this he oh. says so what do you mean what is something amazing about it He says, I am trying to figure out that this is exactly the necklace that I found lying somewhere in Makkah Mukarramah years ago and this was something which was lost by a person. I finally returned it to him. He tried to reward me for it but I refused to take the reward and I am 100% sure that this is the same necklace because it was very unique. It wasn't something run-of-the-mill. So I'm 100% sure that that is the same necklace. Where's Makkah Mukarramah? This island is some remote place. I'm trying to figure out how that necklace which was lost in Makkah Sharif and I returned it to the owner. How is it here today? When he gave this side of the story, the people that were there, they heard this and they said Allahu Akbar in amazement. Mm. He asked them, what are you also amazed about? Said, well you gave us one half of the story, we'll give you the other half. The other half of the story is that the person who had lost the necklace he lived on this island and after he returned from that Hajj he used to often talk about this incident and you see there was one honest person in the world I saw and he would then relate this whole incident and after relating the whole incident he would add one more thing he would say that if ever I knew who that person was who returned the necklace to me, had I ever known who he was, I would have got my daughter married to him. See, he's passed away, the person you're getting married to is his daughter. This was his dua. Now that which he refused to touch in a haram manner, that was the test. Because now this was such a valuable thing. Imagine the reward for finding it and returning it the person was offering 500 gold coins. What must have been the value of that? That he was ready to give 500 gold coins as a reward. That must be worth 10, 20 times, 50 times more. Now what a tempting situation it might have been. Now, shaitan will put all these kind of thoughts. Now I'll be set for life. To this now, I don't have to worry about anything. But that's shaitan's deception. A person doesn't get set for life with haram he gets upset for life Allah. unless he makes amends
0: because
2: he it turns it'll turn his whole life upside down <coughs> haram never sets any person on for life in anything correct in any positive way Sorry. haram will upset everything yes. but it happens in such a subtle way a person Allah t'ala, gives him some respite, gives him rope gives him a chance ok, he made a mistake, maybe he'll sort it out just now but now Shaitan then gives the taste that look the first time you did something and nothing happened everything seemed going so fine you're having a merry time, carry on more so now everything then topples then the whole thing goes haywire The poor person knows it his whole life is upside down now that peace, that contentment there was sukoon, there was happiness with him and his wife with his children, with his family suddenly everybody is at loggerheads suddenly there's just no peace nobody can seem to disagree with one another And the most simple things become complicated. The most straightforward things become a problem. Person can't make head and tail. Where is this coming from? What has happened? But if we search beneath the surface, then many a times we'll find that there's something gone haywire somewhere down the line. Hardships that even come to the very pious. This is something that comes upon them as a test. It comes upon them as a means of even of raising their ranks even greater and more. This is something Allah Ta'ala has very clearly stated in the Qur'an Sharif. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala says we will definitely certainly with emphasis and stress we will certainly test you losses, losses in crops losses in life, losses in wealth, various kinds of tests but those who remain patient, patient not just in that calamity but patient on the commands of Allah in that situation patience upon fulfilling whatever Allah has commanded patience in refraining from what Allah has forbidden so this becomes a black tiding for them Whatever happened, happened. But the sabr took them closer to Allah. But if a person is involved in the blatant disobedience of Allah, then this comes as a means of cracking the whip. That too as a kindness. That before life goes, come back to Allah. <laughs> Allah ta'ala says, we bring about a small punishment upon them, not the big punishment. laallahum يَرْجِعُونَ So that they may return. Now that haram came into the system, everything is now suddenly going haywire. Everything is going in a manner that just a person can't make head and tail of what's happening. So this is something that we need to now come back to Allah wa Ta'ala to recognize this dunya is a place of tests. And in this test there will be all kinds of situations that will come about but a person has to remain steadfast and firm in moving towards Allah Ta'ala. And when these kind of temptations come now that haram, that person didn't touch it. He refused to touch it. Allah Ta'ala brought it back to him in a dramatic way. Now that was a very valuable pearl necklace. Eventually that person got married, then he had children, now his wife passed away so those sons and father now jointly inherited that necklace after some years she passed away then some time passed on those children one after the other passed away as a result he became the sole owner of this what he refused to touch in a haram way the whole thing came back to him it won't always happen like that that it will come exactly in the same form but that haram that he will refrain from Allah will bring the barakat of that in various ways He refused to touch the haram. The barakat of that will come in so many different ways. It will bring that sukoon. It will bring that tranquility. It will bring that happiness. It will bring that contentment. This contentment is the real wealth. This contentment is the greatest wealth. Otherwise, then it's like asking how long is a piece of string. Is there any answer to it? Then how long you want to make it? is that somebody wants to make it one meter that's how long it is somebody wants to make it one kilometer and somebody wants to make it a hundred thousand kilometers he'll carry on so there's no end to that there's no end to the chasing of the dunya but as a result the person now has got no peace in his life he's got no contentment and everything is collapsing around but that still becomes the goal and the objective because that becomes the object of life. That is a thing that will never finish off. What will finish it off? illa turab. Nabi Islam says that when the person is laid in the grave, now it has to stop. Oh. Now there is no chance now. So, the thing is the greatest wealth is contentment. Inal nafs. Nabi Islam says the greatest wealth is the wealth of contentment. The person who has acquired contentment he is the wealthiest person. One person came to one Buzhrukh, one pious man and he offered him some gift, some hadiyah. So the person asked him, the Buzhrukh asked him that look, I want to ask you one question that do you have a desire that whatever you possess must increase? Now he was a very wealthy person. says, is this your ambition? Is this your aspiration? what I have must get even more the person was quite honest and quite straightforward he said yes so he picked up that hadiyah and he gave it back to him, he said look you keep this you are more in need of it (laughs) Alhamdulillah whatever I have I am content if something comes, Alhamdulillah that is Allah's provision, but I don't have this desire that it must now keep growing, but you have this desire despite what you have, so you are in need you are needy so why are you lessening what you have, you keep this. Now this was actually a lesson to the person, because the person was somebody that had come maybe to learn also. So in his manner he gave him a lesson that he will remember for life. So it was just meant to teach him a lesson. Not that to accept that Hadiah was not permissible or anything. But the point in the lesson in all this is that the biggest wealth and the greatest wealth is contentment. If a person has qana'at, contentment He's at peace and he's happy. He's happy in whatever it is and otherwise there's no end to it. So this dunya, this is what we have to recognize. Allah has blessed us with this life. This life is a test. Everything about this life is a test. Right at this time of the year everybody is in this test mode, exam mode. Now one child in the family is writing that exam. Then he is also it. He's also in that exam mode. His parents are in that exam mode. His brothers and sisters are in that exam mode even if they are not writing any exams. The auntie who is staying maybe in the, another province, she is also in the exam mode of that nephew. And that some uncle who is overseas, he is also what's happening. how was the paper today? Everybody is gone in that exam mode of that one person writing one paper somewhere. Now what is this teaching us? but? That when we have recognized that this is an exam, that this child has to pass, and if he passes, then this will be the good that will come out of it, and if he fails, oh, oh what a terrible thing, what an embarrassment, what a difficult thing, what a loss, the whole year has gone by, and the money that school fees that were paid, and all the other effort that was made, everything will go down the drain. Now that, all that reality is in front of a person, that's why everybody is in exam mode. The parents are in exam mode, and the auntie that's far away is in exam mode, and the uncle oversees in the exam mode, so everybody is concerned this person must pass exam. So If he doesn't pass, there's a big loss. If he passes, there's a lot of gain. Now likewise, Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, Allah Ta'ala has created this whole system of life and death, this is a test. Liabluakum ayyukum ahsanu amala. Latala says to test you who does the best of actions. And now, this exam, on the one hand, this exam is ongoing. But then, together with that, the real assessment, the formal assessment could start now. A person's eyes close and is laid in the cover. Man rabbuk, wa ma dinuk, wa ma taqulu fi rajul. The questions of the grave will be asked to him. Already, the now the difference of that exam is that the questions haven't been leaked out. They have been announced openly. Here, one small leak and the whole is panic stations. How did this leak out and why did it leak out? And the whole purpose of the exam is defeated because it got leaked out. And here it's not leaked out. It's openly announced. These are the questions. man rabbuk Who is your rab? Who was your sustainer? Umar Deenu, what was your religion? What was your deen? And what do you have to say regarding this personality referring to Rasulullah sallallahu Now the questions are not just leaked out openly announced. Because in the Qabr, it is not the knowledge that a person had that will speak. It is the life that he lived that will speak. If he lived a life recognizing Allah Ta'ala as his Rabb, He lived a life of submission to Allah Ta'ala. At the time of Fajr, he submitted to Allah Ta'ala. My Rabb has called me. I need to answer the call of my Rabb. At the time of Zohar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, my Allah has called for me. I need to submit to Allah Ta'ala. When that haram was being, was tempting him, my Allah has forbidden this, I am not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna go to this haram place. He lived his life in submission to Allah Ta'ala. That submission will speak in the grave. Rabbi Allah, my Rabbi is Allah. What was your deen? What did he adopt as his way of life? He was all the time finding out what's to be done now, how is this to be done? Why? Because he wants to follow the deen of Islam. I have to perform my salah, how do I perform it? I have to live my life as a husband with my wife. What is the Islamic way of doing this? What are the teachings of deen regarding how does a person live as a husband? I have to be a father to my children, what has Deen thought? I have to be a businessman, then how do I conduct business in a way that Deen has thought? I am getting married, so what is the Deen, the lessons of Deen in this regard? That what is an Islamic marriage? How is that Nikah conducted according to the Sunnah? Now he lived his life in this manner, that would speak in the grave. That Deenini al Islam. My deen was Islam and his heart was filled with the love of Rasulullah. Sallallahu wa he was all the time conscious and trying to learn the Sunnahs of Nabi sallallahu and to practice on the Sunnahs of Nabi. Sallallahu and he was concerned about upholding the Deen of Nabi, sallallahu sallam, serving the Deen that Nabi sallallahu brought, spreading the deen that Nabi sallallahu brought now in the Qabr He will immediately refer to the personality and say this is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. This is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now it's not the knowledge that a person, otherwise even the disbeliever also, he also knows about this. He has read it. Many of them have read this somewhere. These are the things that have been mentioned that when a person passes away in the grave, he'll be asked these questions. That's not going to help him. If he dies without iman, it's not going to help him. So this is a test also. Just as we are all in the exam mode now for some child in the family, somebody else is in that exam mode, everybody is in a different mode now. If that child decides that I don't want to go and study today, I'm not going to be touching my books, I'm going to be just taking it easy, can't overdo things, you must take life easy a little bit, everybody will come down upon him. Something is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? How can you think in this manner? Why? Because we all know what this exam means. So likewise, when somebody is going away from the way of deen, somebody is not fulfilling his salah, somebody is going towards some haram, somebody is indulging in some sinful activities, that same concern must be there and more than that, Allah forbid this person carries on in this manner, I carry on in this manner, what a loss it will be to me. If my exam suddenly now, the time comes to move on, what a loss, day his whole year got wasted, my whole life will be wasted. So now we need to prepare, we need to prepare for the Akhirat, we need to prepare for this day of Tiyamat And therefore, we have to keep refreshing this Iman, being in the gatherings of Iman, going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, rejuvenating this Iman, and learning what is Deen requiring from us, trying to bring this into our lives. Inshallah, in this way, nothing happens overnight, but if we make a concerted effort, a focused effort, Inshallah, you'll find that our life in dunya also will become a very pleasant thing. Dunya also will become a place which will become like an example of jannat despite the challenges of dunya. And what is in jannat itself that is beyond our imagination, which Nabi Sallallahu has mentioned in one hadith sharif, that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned, that, ma raat, wa la that I have prepared for my pious servants what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard of, what no heart can even imagine. These are the na'mats and bounties of Jannah. Allah wa Ta'ala grant this all to all of us. Allah Ta'ala keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of with Iman. We'll make zikr for a few minutes and then after we'll make dua, inshallah, Lord. in the hadith sharif the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of qiyamah the meaning of this is that inshallah if he keeps up this regular recitation of La ilaha illallah hundred times daily this will become the means of him gaining the tawfiq and the ability to do righteous actions and to stay away from sin And inshallah this will become the means of him gaining this great honor on the day of qiyamah and saying La ilaha to just bring to mind that a person has taken everything out of his heart. That is all the evils, all the filth, all the negative things, all the dirt, all the haram. Everything Allah is this noor and light that is filling his heart, which is the love of Allah. Taala. is Sharif. <laughs> La ilaha
0: محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جد الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله La ilaha illallah, 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 illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu ta'ala Alayhi wa sallam Dil mera ho jai ek meidanehu Tu hi tu ho, tu hi tu ho, tu hi tu se bilkul hi jaye nazar Tu hi tu aaye nazar, dekhu और मेरे तन में बजाएं आबों दरदे दिल हो दरदे दिल हो दरदे दिल नफ्सो दोनों ने मिलकर हां किया है मुझको तबा ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूं मैं तेरी पनाह मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बंद तू भी मगन गफ्फार हे या रब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे में आखिर Claro hadi, yeah. I, la in illallah La line illallah. the law, line in the illallah. line in La illallah. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la illallah, la illallah, la illallah, illallah. محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك عليه
2: وسلم Said Allah a hundred times. Put this in mind that just as is a tongue in the mouth that is saying Allah, even the heart is also saying Allah, and everything around us is also saying Allah, and the heart is filling up with the nur, with the light which is the love of Allah
0: الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم
2: اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله. اللهم لا الحق ولك عليك أنت كما كما على نفسك. الحق الله الحق نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو ولك ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا, أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحديم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته Wallah, Hamman, illa, farrajta, wallah, hajat, hiya here, the kariban, illa, kodaitaha, oyesartaha, ya, Arhamar Rahimin, ya, Arhamar Rahimin, ya, Arhamar Rahimin, illa, hulalameen, ya Allah, O most merciful Allah, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah. Ya Allah, we are indeed most sinful, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledging all our sins, ya Allah. Ya Allah, there is nothing we can hide from you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know everything about us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know what our eyes have looked at, ya Allah. You know what our ears have listened at, to, ya Allah. Allah, you know what our tongues have spoken, Ya Allah. You know what our hands have touched, Ya Allah. You know where our feet have walked, Ya Allah. you know what our hearts have been engaged in, Ya Allah. Allah, what thoughts we have been planning, Ya Allah. Allah. everything is in front of you, Ya Allah. Allah, you are that being mucha, inat al-a' sudur. Allah, you know the deception of the eye. You know what the hearts conceal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are completely, Ya Allah, at your mercy, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive all our major and minor ya allah allah indeed we have been most ungrateful ya allah we acknowledge ya we have been most ungrateful ya all your ne'mat and bounties and blessings have been showering upon us ya allah you have given us the eyes to see ya allah allah what a great ne'mat and bounty ya if we are blind how difficult it would be ya allah you gave us ears to listen ya allah if we didn't have these ears what a silent world we have been living in ya allah you enable us to speak ya allah what a great gift and ya bounty you granted us ya allah Hands and feet, what a great gift these are ya Allah. Every Namat is yours, Ya Allah. <apology> but we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. We used all these bounties to disobey you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we broke our commands with these bounties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Allah, show your rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Show your forgiveness on the Ummah, ya, ya Allah. remove the difficulties of the Ummah. Allah. remove the suffering of the ummah. Allah, ya Allah, we acknowledge all this is due to our sins. Ya Allah, ya Allah, forgive us and forgive the entire ummah. Allah, enable us and the entire ummah to do those amal that bring down your rahmat. Ya Allah, ya Allah, save us and the entire ummah from those amal and those actions that bring down azab. Ya Allah, yeah. ya Allah, make us your obedient and truthful servants. Ya Allah, ya Allah, make us your obedient servants. Ya Allah. ya Allah, enable us to fulfill all your commands. Ya Allah, enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaa. Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us. To, ya Allah. Ya Allah fulfill every command of yours, Ya Allah. Yallah save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Grant us hushu and khudu in our salah Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with nur, Ya Allah. Allah remove the darknesses of sin from our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the darkness of every evil from our hearts, Ya Allah. our hearts with the love of the Quran, Ya Allah. Allah fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Follow our hearts with the love of Salah, Ya Allah. Follow our hearts with the love of zikr and dua. Ya our hearts With the love of deen Ya Allah our hearts With the love of the effort Of deen Ya Allah Accept us and our families And progenies For the effort of deen Ya Allah ya Allah Spread the deen Far and wide Ya Allah ya Allah Enabling the winds Of hidayat to blow Ya Allah ya Allah Save us from all The fitna and fasad Ya Allah Allah'il Allah'il ya Allah Save us from the traps Of nafs and shaitan Ya Allah Allah Only with your help Can we be saved Ya Allah Allah We are very weak Ya Allah Allah Don't leave us to ourselves With the blink of an eye Ya Allah Allahumma la taqilna ila anfusina tarfata aeen Allahumma Takilna taqilna ila anfusina tarfata aeen fa inna ka in taqilna ila anfusina taqilna ila da'afi wa zambi wa wa khati'ah ilahu la alamin keep us steadfast on iman and islam ya Allah Allah save us from all the isms ya Allah save us from all the deviations ya Allah ya Allah all those who are sick give them shifai kabila, ajila, mustamira, daima Allah remove every trace of the illness ya Allah ya Allah those who are in financial difficulties remove their difficulties in the aqiyat Allah. Allah, those who are in any kind of depression, worry, sorrow, grief, anxieties, Ya Allah, you remove it with afiat, Ya Allah. Allah grant baratati to one's risk Ya Allah, grant halal and tight risk to one an and all Ya Allah. Ya yeah, Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram Ya yeah, Allah Allah, all those who are Ya yeah, Allah Allah asked us to make dua for them fulfill all their pious aspirations Ya yeah, Allah remove all their difficulties and hardships Ya yeah, Allah all those who have passed away fill their qubar with nur Ya yeah, Allah make their complete maghfirat Ya yeah, Allah grant them the highest stages in the akhirat Ya yeah, Allah at yeah, the time of our oh, death take us with the kalima La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah Ya yeah, Allah, take us on iman Kamil, Ya yeah, Allah. Yeah, Allah take us on tawbat al-nasuh Ya Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. follow our qabr with Nur, Ya Allah. Make our qabr gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat and intercession of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Give us Jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Don't take us to task on the day of qiyamat, Ya Allah. There is nothing we have to answer, Ya Allah. We only have sins in our record, Ya Allah. Out of your mercy and grace, forgive us, Ya Allah. Give us Jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Enable us to fulfill each one's rights, Ya Allah. Save us Ever oppressing anybody, Ya Allah. Same as ever trampling anybody's rights, Ya Allah. Illahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ella, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Ella, unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Illahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are present, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Illahul Alameen, You are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Ella, fulfill each one's needs from the غير ya Allah ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya Allah ilahul Alamin ya Allah grant the best of dunya and akhira to each one ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam begged beg for ya Allah we are also asking for all that good ya Allah whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from ya Allah you protect us as well ya Allah allahum inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sallaka minhu wasallam <laughs> ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعالي أصحاب عين والحمد لله